0: Well, I want to take a few minutes and share the story of Sylvester Stallone. It's a perfect story for beginning a new year as it's somebody who overcome some very big obstacles and a lot of opposition in pursuit of some very specific and very big dreams. Now Sylvester Stallone known for acting in a lot of movies and he always knew he wanted to be an actor, but imagine this, he was rejected over a thousand times for movie roles. Now some of those were the same agents rejecting him over and over and over. He would often sleep in front of their doors and rejection after rejection. Now most people would give up after about 10 and here's somebody that went a thousand times and was told no to acting. The reason he was told no is his voice is difficult to understand what he is saying. The reason for that is, During his birth, the doctors used forceps and that damaged his vocal cords. So he's difficult to understand. So he'd go for these roles and they tell him, you don't have the look of somebody in movies and you're too hard to understand. So thousand rejections, hard to even put that into context. Now he was married and his wife was there beside him through all of this, but she finally said, we're out of money. You have to get a job. He said, just stay with me. I'll get a job as an actor. The breaking point was when he sold her rings to pay their bills. She then left him. Now his wife is gone. He has no money. He's at home just him and his dog and he can't pay for dog food. He can't pay for groceries. So he decides he'll sell his dog and at least then he could pay for some groceries and the dog would also then have somebody to stay with that could take care of it. Late at night, only place open after midnight was a liquor store. He goes down to that liquor store, ask a few people. Finally, some guy, he says, will you buy my dog? He wants a couple hundred dollars. The guy says, I'll give you 50 bucks. And he sold his dog for $50 and went home and just began to, to cry, go into deep depression and face a very, very dark night in his life. Ezra chapter 710 is kind of in a theme verse, and it's one we've been talking about, and it says, Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, and to do it, and to teach it. So Ezra sought God's law with his heart, he learned the law, he taught it, and he followed what God was telling him to do. So Ezra 710, very, very important to understand the context as we look at chapter 7, the first verse of chapter 7 of Ezra says after this. Now what's the after this for Ezra 7 well 1 through 6 the children of Israel had been in captivity in Babylon for 70 years and they had been there as slaves when that 70 years was up they were given permission to go back to Jerusalem a 4 mile hike excuse me a 4 month hike and out of the 600 some thousand most said no they stayed in Babylon they wanted to stay It was comfortable, though they were slaves, though in chains, they stayed in Babylon. Only 50,000 left to go back to Jerusalem. The city was destroyed, the temple destroyed. So the chapter seven one, what is the after this? Well, the first six chapters of Ezra is the 50,000 that leave Babylon, four month journey, go back to Jerusalem and against great odds over about a 20 year period, they rebuild the temple. They rebuild part of Jerusalem. And now they're beginning to have the, the following of God's laws. And there's a revival that's taken place. And so these are the things that happened and specifically between chapter six and chapter seven, 50 years passes. So they have been back in Jerusalem. Most stayed back in Babylon. Now another 50 years goes by. And then we're told in chapter seven, verse one, after this, Ezra went up from Babylon. Now there's only one way out of Babylon. And that is up. Babylon from Genesis to Revelation has always represented sin, the broken world system, broken human belief systems, false religions, all of these things. That's what Babylon has always represented. So when Ezra leaves Babylon, he goes up from Babylon, a literal city, but a spiritual picture of sin and corruption. Always has been, always will be. So if you wanna go up from Babylon, That's the way out, and up is Christ. Now for you, maybe Babylon, the chains that keep you from moving forward are not specific sins. Maybe it's broken relationships. Maybe it's toxic people. Maybe it's bad habits. Maybe it's your fears or your lack of belief. Anything that chains us, keeps us from moving forward in our faith, that is Babylon to us. You want to get out of Babylon? You have to go up. You have to see it as Christ sees you and pulls you out of Babylon, places you in his kingdom, promises now you're a part of his royal family in Christ, and you have to see yourself from that standpoint. The devil's one job is to keep telling you, you belong in Babylon. You're not good enough. You'll fail. You've already failed. You've got sin. You have to see yourself as Christ sees you up, up from Babylon is the way out. Arthur Combs put it like this, how you perceive yourself, determines what you think you are able to do, and that in turn determines what you will try. The way we see ourselves, our identity of ourselves, determines our behavior. If you see yourself as somebody still enslaved, deserving to be in Babylon, you'll act from that standpoint. If you see yourself, as Christ says, you're now in him, is cleansed your sins. Your sins are as far as the east is from the west. He says you're Holy in him, righteous in him, you are forgiven in him. If you see yourself from that completed standpoint, by his grace, his sacrifice, you'll live in a different way. Jack Canfield sold over a hundred million books. He writes the books The Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Does something interesting at his seminars. He'll walk up to somebody and say, John, You are the biggest fool I've ever met in all my years of teaching. And then he'll stop and make a point. He'll say to the crowd, It's important you understand fully it's not what I say to John. Yes, it's unkind to say you're the biggest fool, John. But as he makes clear, it's not what I say to John, but what John says to John after I stop talking that affects how he feels about himself. How do you see yourself? As you start the new year, do you still feel the chains of Babylon? You want to come free of those chains? The way out is up, up through Christ. And then see yourself as he sees you forgiven, cleansed, part of his royal family. He's the king of kings, scripture says. C.T. Banks wrote this great poem, very powerful, simply called Time Somebody Told Me. Hope you'll take these words to heart. He says this time somebody told me I'm lovely, good, and real, that my beauty could make hearts stand still. It's time somebody told me that my love is total and so complete that my mind is quick and full of wit, that my inner strength is too strong to quit. Time somebody told me how much they love and need me, how much my spirit helps set them free, how my eyes shine full of God's light, how good it feels just to hold me tight. Time somebody told me, so I had to talk with myself, just me, nobody else, because it was time somebody told me. Perhaps it's time somebody told you, and maybe you have that in your own prayers for yourself and say, you know what? I'm not who the enemy says I am. I'm not my past. I am in Christ, a new creation in him. And so up from Babylon is through Christ. You know, James says an incredible thing And he says it like this, chapter 4, James 4.2, you do not have because you do not ask. Well, why don't people ask? Why don't people ask? You do not have because you do not ask God. Why do people not ask? Well, they don't feel they're worthy. They don't feel that they can approach the throne boldly. But what does scripture say? If you're in Christ, you are a new creation. So come boldly to the thrones with the prayers. And so what maybe as you begin this year, Have you not been asking God that you now need to say, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna come up out of Babylon, out of those chains and walk new in him. In the bulletin, there's a prayer point from Dr. D.K. Olakoya. I love his uh, prayer points, but maybe to take this one and make it a daily prayer and take, and let this be a heart cry for you. But his prayer is simply, Lord, Make my case a miracle. Lord, make my case a miracle. You do not have because you do not ask. What do you seek in 2017? What do you want to ask? Maybe you haven't asked before. It's time to come up out of Babylon. It's time to come up and and know the freedom for which Christ purchased for you, for me. Sylvester Stallone was... In his apartment, his wife's gone, no money, no job, had sold his dog, home depressed one night, couldn't sleep. There on the television, he saw something that would change his life. It was a boxing match. And the champion was knocking down his opponent. His opponent kept getting back up, getting knocked down. He said, I watched this guy, he was getting pummeled champion was just hammering him, but he kept getting back up and getting back up, getting back up. And he said, then the idea hit him, took out a pad, took out a piece of paper, took out a pen. He said he just wrote for hours and he knew when he got done writing, he had created the manuscript for Rocky and he knew he had something very powerful. Now the challenge he had to sell the manuscript had all these connections with these agents. So he showed them the manuscript. They loved it. Offered him a hundred grand and he turned it down. He said, I don't want the money. I want to make the movie. I want to be the star. I am Rocky. Once again, they had the same conversations with him that, you know what, you can't be in a movie too hard to understand same conversation. He walked out the door. A few days later, they called him back again. This time they called and they said, we'll double the offer. And he turned that down as well. He said again, I'm not here to sell the manuscripts. I want to make the movie. I'm Rocky. They said, okay, we're not giving you the advance then. And if you're going to be Rocky, you're going to have to put your money into this project too. So instead of offering you $200,000, We're not going to offer you but a few thousand and then you're risking all that advance we'd give you. He said, deal. They began to shoot the film and after several weeks they all knew they were making a movie that was going to be very successful from a thousand rejections, losing everything to then making one of the most popular movies of all time. That's what happens when people can see things as they can be. That's the picture of Ezra. Jerusalem had been destroyed, burned down, no temple, no people left, just very few people were even there. And all the people then were in Babylon, 70 years in chains. And he says, let's go back. And before him, the leaders that went were Zerubbabel and Joshua, and they went with 50,000 people and they go back and they begin to rebuild broken things. They begin to rebuild a city that had been destroyed, rebuild a faith people had lost against all these incredible odds. Now, Gene Scott did a great study on the names that Ezra mentions. I just wanna share a couple of these and you find them in Ezra eight, one through four. And Ezra says this, this is the genealogy of those who went up with me from Babylon. Again, only one way out of Babylon, that's up, that's Christ. And these are the ones that came up with him out of Babylon. You know, studies show that for many people, those unconscious responses, those unconscious beliefs, those sort of gut reactions, for most people, the majority of those, they have been inherited or programmed into their mind before they were five years old. So a lot of people don't know why they maybe lose their temper or have these fears. And many of those go back to when they were a child. And what did Paul say? When I was a child, I thought like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. You know, for many of us, one thing we could do moving into the new year is to say, I'm gonna choose consciously my beliefs, my reactions, my thoughts, and I'm gonna choose them from a center of being up out of Babylon, no longer chained, past is not my destiny my past is not my biology my bi- my biology is not my life i can choose a new decision here in this moment for this new year these names you'll see here in ezra 8 we'll just look at this for a moment but notice the change from babylon to the promised land from old beliefs to new beliefs from chains to freedom and let that be your story as well the first person that we'll see here in this list is Gene Scott again, sharing the descendants of Penaeus was Gershom. Gershom's name means a stranger here. Penaeus and his wife had a son while they were in Babylon. They named him Gershom and Gershom means a stranger here. Why would they name their child that? So he would always remember he's a stranger in Babylon. We all need to remember and reclaim and know in our hearts, we are a stranger in Babylon. That is not where we are meant to live our life. We're not meant to live in Babylon. We are a stranger here. Gershom grew up knowing he's a stranger. And so when his father Phinehas and his other family members had left in Ezra 2, now you get to Ezra 8, Gershom's now joining his father. What we do impacts other people we have an impact in their lives three questions jack canfield offers and i think these are great as we move into the new year think about the legacy we've left and want to leave he simply says this and and take some time and, and fill in this and really consider it but the three questions are simply this looking back at 2016 first question is this year i learned what did you learn in 2016 what's something that really stands out what did you learn this past year. Second question is, I learned that I. What's something you learned about yourself? What did you learn about yourself this past year? Third question is, this year I relearned that I. What's something you learned, something you learned about yourself, something you relearned about yourself? Maybe it's time to recognize if you still are in the chains of something, you're a stranger in those chains. It's not meant to be where you live. Next person's name in Ezra 8 is Ithamar and his son is Daniel. Ithamar means land of the palms. Imagine he thought about those palms often in Babylon. When he got the chance to leave, he left. He names his son Daniel, not Daniel that we know from the Old Testament, a different Daniel, but Daniel means God's judge. Ithamar names his son God's judge because he knows at some point things are going to be made right because God is a God of justice. You know, several years ago, there was a company, Warner Brothers. They let go their animation staff. They let them go because of financial reasons. Two of those people they let go were brothers who went and started their own animation company, almost put Warner Brothers out of business. Those two brothers, the Hanna-Barbera brothers. You see what other people say, doesn't have to be so. You can see things as they can be, make them as you see them. Just like Ezra, leave Babylon. Don't let other people determine your destiny. Let Christ be your destiny, your life up out of Babylon. And then the last two, Ezra eight, Peroch, whose name means child of a flea, had a son named Zachariah. They both then leave Babylon to go to Jerusalem. Imagine Parosh, not very good beginnings. His family known as child of a flea. What does he name Zachariah? His son Zachariah means whom God remembers. Whom God remembers. From child of a flea and he named his son, God remembers. He remembers the little people. He remembers the outcasts. He won't leave us here. He's gonna rescue us out of this place. And that's the very thing that happened. And then the last one, of the descendants of Pehath-Moab, Pehath-Moab is the name of the father. Moab, just know, is a very bad city. And Pehath-Moab means from a pit in Moab. So if you have Moab, a city that's way down on the list of corruption, and then his name is a pit in Moab, you can see he's coming from a very, very difficult place. He's from the lowest place and he's even lower than that place because he's a pit in Moab. What do you think he named his child? He named his child Eli-onai. My eyes are turned to God. From the pits, he looks up, my son is, my eyes are on God. You coming from a challenging place, we all come from challenging places, you might feel like a child of a flea, God remembers you. You might feel like you were born or living in a pit now, Turn your eyes to God. Way out is up out of Babylon. Sylvester Stallone, once that movie was well into production, he received a lot of money, wanted his dog back. He went back to that liquor store night after night. Finally, one night he said, I saw that man that I sold the dog to. I said, remember me? I sold you my dog. Worst night of my life. Worst mistake. Can I have him back? I'll give you a $500. The man said, no. He said, I'll give you a thousand dollars. The man said, no, it's our pet now. It's been about four months later. He's now part of our family. Sylvester Stallone said, I'll give you $5,000. The man says, I won't sell him for any amount of money. Sylvester Stallone has seen what it's like to overcome great obstacles. He got his dog back, cost him $15,000 And the man was also given a role in the movie Rocky. But it's a wonderful picture about not giving up no matter what the odds are that lie before you, that lie before me. That's the story of Ezra. That's the story of redemption. That's the story of God rebuilding broken things, remembering people that feel like they're forgotten, giving them new life, breaking their chains, moving them from a place of Babylon to a place called the promised land. The way out is up and up is Christ who gives you and me a new identity and says, live from that identity. So as we enter into 2017 with our identity in Christ, what do you not have because you don't ask? And what now are you ready to ask God? And think about what'd you learn this past year? What'd you learn about yourself? What did you relearn about yourself? And now that you can see what it's like to be free indeed, embrace this new year, a new beginning, a new start with new commitments to Christ and allow him to give us the strength day to day to know victory in Jesus and walk in the light as he is in the light. Amen.